Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 404. And today we're going to do an October updates episode. So just a couple of things I want to cover with all of you. And uh, we're going to start with Poshmark. As I've covered over the last three episodes, I've done updates on Poshmark. On one of the episodes, I talked about the new shipping feature, which allows you to use QR codes instead of printing out a label. So I can give you a little bit of an update on that feature as we had a Poshmark sale over the weekend, I had switched my preference to QR code just so I could try this out. And if you recall from last week's episode, what I wasn't sure about was whether or not we could use the QR codes for the self-serve kiosk at the uh, USPS station. Um, so first of all, uh, my Poshmark app updated. So now this was available. And as I've mentioned on last week's episode, you just simply go into your shipping label preferences under my seller tools. And instead of printing out the shipping label, you can switch it to QR code. So you do have to set it as a preference before using that as an option. Now, what I did notice, and this is good news, is that once you have a sale, uh, the QR code will actually appear both in app and in your email. But if you need to print out the label, if you decide you want to print out the label, there will be there are links for you to do so. So you can click on the link either in the app or in the email to generate a label in case for whatever reason you can't use the QR code. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. So that's actually what I did. Uh, I had it set to QR code. We had a sale and I did generate a label because we were mailing this out on a Sunday afternoon and the post office is closed on Sundays. However, there is a location near us which has a self-service kiosk which is open 24-7. So I printed out the label and put that on the box just in case and headed over to the location. And my experiment was I wanted to see if the QR code would work with the self-service kiosk. So when you go to one of those USPS self-service kiosk, they, there's a menu to get you started. And one of the options is to scan a prepaid label. That was the only option I could see that has anything to do with scanning because there is a barcode scanner uh, on the kiosk itself. So I, I set it to that and I tried using the QR code. It didn't recognize it. So the scanner on the self-service kiosk, as far as I can tell, only works for those labels, so for the actual labels that have already been printed out. As I mentioned, this particular sale, we'd already printed out the label and put it on the box. I was able to scan it 
and then drop it off into the Tumblr to ship it out. So I can report back that as far as I can tell, and if anyone has discovered there's a different way to do this, let me know. You cannot use the QR code with the self-service kiosk, which is unfortunate because if you are using this as an option, it's not really a flexible option for you to mail out packages after hours or off hours or on you know, uh, holidays, where if you have access to a self-service kiosk, that's a good time to get packages out during those off-peak hours or those off hours. Um, the other thing I came to realize with the QR code, so I haven't actually tried it yet in terms of standing in line and getting my package scanned. So as far as I know, you have to have your package um, taken to, you have to take your package to an associate during regular office hours. The other thing I was thinking about is that the QR code requires a little more organization on your part if you are mailing out multiple packages. So let's say you have three or four sales that you're mailing out simultaneously, you're going to need a way to keep those organized in terms of which QR code goes with which package. And so my recommendation for that is you may want to do something as simple as mark down the uh, sales number or the confirmation number or the uh, Poshmark username of the buyer on the box somewhere. That way you have at least some sort of system in which you can organize which QR code goes with which package because essentially what you do is you take your QR code up to the associate, they scan it, they print out the label, you put it on the box. But if you've got multiple boxes, you're going to want to make sure you don't mix those up. So the benefit of the QR code is pretty obvious. You don't have to have a printer. You don't have to have ink. Uh, if And if you're in those situations where maybe you don't have that or you've run out, the QR code is a great replacement. Again, you do have to set it beforehand. So you, you have to set the shipping preference to QR code before the sale itself. And then you can take that package to the post office during regular hours and get it scanned. The downside of the QR code, as I've mentioned, it doesn't work on self-serve kiosks as, a, as, as far as I can tell. And you are limited in when you can use these QR codes. It pretty much has to be during regular uh, office hours when someone is there to scan the code for you. And finally, if you're mailing out multiple packages, you have to do a little more legwork on your part to keep those packages organized to so make sure that the right label goes on the right box. Other than that, I think it is a great alternative to have. It is a, it is a useful feature to have. In fact, I was talking to one of my friends who was a Poshmark seller and she's extremely busy, and she just told me, you know, she ran out of ink. And, um, it, you know, given the amount of responsibility she has to juggle, she can't, it's not always easy to get that refill right away. So she's going to try out the QR code. In fact, she asked me about it, so I gave her the feedback that I'm sharing with you. So keep that in mind. And for those of you who have tried it out, if you're a Poshmark seller and you've tried out the QR code, I would love to know your feedback. I would love to know what you think of it. Has it made your life easier? Are there challenges with it? Are there things that um, maybe I overlooked? Is there a way to use it with a self-serve kiosk? Because if there is, I think that would make it a that much more of an appealing feature to use. All right. Speaking of Poshmark, I have started working on the audiobook version of my book, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses. Uh, I figured out a workaround to a particular tricky issue that I had with converting this to an audiobook. 
I will share that in greater detail, maybe on a future episode. But in terms of when I expect to complete this, my goal is to try to get this done by December, but it may be early 2023 when this comes out. So I will keep you updated. And again, I may do a full episode on this. In the meantime, the Poshmark Guide is available in paperback and Kindle on Amazon. You can find that on Amazon directly. You can find it at bemovingforward.com. And I also have links in my link tree and in the show notes for this episode. All right, next update I want to share with you. I've mentioned this uh, over the last several episodes. I started this around Labor Day weekend. It is the Yale course on the science of well-being, otherwise known as the quote-unquote happiness course. Uh, The wellness course is uh, a 10-week course. I started out, I was taking about two weeks per week, and then I slowed down somewhere mid-through uh, taking about a week uh, at a time. I am now on the last week of the course, the 10-week the course. So the last couple of weeks, the actual lessons on uh, that are available are fairly short, and most of the last four weeks are devoted to what's called a rewirement challenge. So you learn about all of these different techniques uh, for increasing your wellness or your happiness, and then you can choose one to focus on and to hopefully develop as a habit. So you practice that for four weeks. I'm specifically uh, using the gratitude exercise. There's a gratitude exercise where you journal, basically keep a gratitude journal, something that I've had a number of guests on the podcast talk about the benefits of. And so uh, I decided to try that one because I've never really done a gratitude journal. Um, so far, I found it, I'm finding it really helpful. Uh the challenge for me is not getting too repetitive. So, you know, I, I try to write down big things. I try to write down small things. And I guess sometimes I can overthink it in terms of, well, should I be putting this down on a gratitude journal? It's just like me getting a cup of coffee. But then why am I judging that? Because if it's something that I can feel some gratitude towards, yes, absolutely. So it's letting go of a lot of um, maybe hangups or preconceptions on my part about what an assignment like this should look like and just keeping it simple. And the first week or two, it felt a little unnatural. But now that I am on week four, it's definitely something that feels like a little more of an organic part of my day. Whether or not I stick with it, I'm going to try. This is not something I normally do. In terms of my overall mood and happiness, I do feel like having that conscientious time of jotting down something that makes me feel gratitude, I do think is helpful. At the very least, it makes me reflect on a particular day, a particular situation, a small thing or a large thing. And I think getting into that mindset of What do you feel grateful for and why? And being able to sometimes see the silver lining in things that maybe are are obstacles or challenges, which I've tried to do in this gratitude journal exercise, that I have actually found to be helpful. So that is something I'm going to try to stick with. All right, my tech tip. So I'm going to close with a tech tip. I've actually got two that I'm going to share. So uh, if you follow me on social media, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm a giant Peanuts fan, uh, a big fan of Charlie Brown. These are cartoons and characters I grew up with. Uh, what if you are also a fan of these, or if you've shared these with your kids, or uh, grew up with these on your own? 
then you may know that traditionally these have aired every year. So they have a uh, specifically a Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas one, and they air around those holidays. Traditionally, they've aired on network TV uh, or on PBS. As of last year or a year, two years ago, Apple uh, acquired, I think, the licenses for these holiday specials, and they've migrated them onto their platform. Last year, you could still watch some of these specials, I think, on PBS. This year, however, those specials are exclusive to Apple+. Plus. So as far as I know, they're not going to be airing on regular TV or public television. However, there there was an announcement last week, so I'm going to share this, that you can watch at least hopefully this year and hopefully for years to come, but at the very least for this year in 2022, you can watch the three holiday specials, the the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, the Thanksgiving special, the Christmas uh, special. You'll be able to watch those on Apple Plus without a subscription. And there are articles about this. I'll link a couple of them in the write-up for today's episode. So the Halloween special, which is also called the, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, you can watch that for free I believe the date is October 28th through the 31st without an Apple Plus subscription. Again, I'll have some articles linked in the write-up. The upcoming Thanksgiving one, you will be able to watch for free on Apple Plus November 23rd through 27th, and the Christmas one December 22nd through the 25th. So you've got actually a good amount of time to catch up on all of those, and um, uh, it might be a cool way to try out Apple Plus without having a subscription. But as far as I know, at least for this year, you'll be able to view all three of those specials for free during those specific dates. Uh, Beyond that, if you have an Apple Plus subscription, I think you can watch these year round. And I'm hoping they will keep this uh, year after year because, you know, everyone should get to enjoy these specials. Uh, I understand they they acquired the licenses and they can do pretty much whatever they want. But I think it's a nice gesture to allow people to to watch those specials because they're timeless. They're great. And if you have kids and you grew up on these, it's it's something great to, to introduce to your kids. I also recommend I will share my second tech tip. I've talked about this one before. Hoopla is just fantastic. If you have a library card, download the Hoopla app, connect your library card to it. You can access ebooks, audiobooks, comic books. There are a ton of comic books and graphic novels and movies and TV shows. So if you're looking for great uh, Halloween content for uh, you know the the coming holiday or that we're approaching the holidays. If you're looking for great holiday content for Thanksgiving or the Christmas time, Hoopla's great. I mean, they update their catalog fairly regularly. You'll find both movies and TV shows. And right now, there are a ton of Halloween themed uh, movies and shows that I see from my library that are available on Hoopla. So I recommend explore it. It's a great way to access a lot of free content through your library card. And they're fairly generous. I think with a lot of these, you can check them out for a couple of weeks. And then I think they allow you up to, I think, eight or nine licenses per month. In other words, you can check out eight to nine different uh materials in a given month and then it resets the following month so i did a full episode on hoopla i'll have that linked in the write-up all right uh the write-up for today's episode will be at bemovingforward.com next week i'm going to be uh, starting the last mini series for this season which will be the updated podcast mini series so this is one i've talked about for a little while 
that uh, I'm going to do an updated series on how to do a podcast, how to get started, especially in light of the fact that I recently migrated over to Anchor. So I'll be talking about hosting. Anchor will be a greater part of that discussion. And then uh, I'm going to break down the steps on how to get started, how to pick a theme. And we're all going to start with where I always suggest you begin, which is your exit strategy. So that's going to start next week. I anticipate we're going to roll this into December. So that's probably going to take us into early to mid-December before the season finale and the holiday episode. All right, that's it. I hope you all have a great weekend. Have a great Halloween, and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.